0: Oh Jesus fucking Christ. Oh, this one beer has really fucked me up because Julie jumped up here and I didn't even see her do it. But it's because she's a black cat and she everything
1: felt a cat.
0: Everything under this microphone is a shadow, so I didn't see her and then I felt her touch me and I was like, "What the fuck was that?" It was a cat. Uh, the three-legged cat. I should probably post a picture of her on our social media. Sure. I've been trying to post more shit because, honestly, we've been slacking lately.
1: Uh, what what um, are you doing?
0: I figured that today we would discuss... Uh, because our last mini-episode that we recorded was 50 fucking minutes <laughs> out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, That we would do something that might be a little bit shorter. I don't know. Um, we are currently trying to get a bunch of episodes recorded in advance in one day. So currently it is September 14th. I don't think that this episode is going to come out until September 26th because yeah, that's the date. Um, I am going to louder than life a music festival in Kentucky that I go to every oh, year. Yes, yes. Slipknot's headlining yep. Evanescence is going to be there. I've never seen them before. Oh, that'd
1: be cool.
0: There are about a, a, approximately a million bands. And a handful that I've never seen, including Tenacious D. I'm so oh. motherfucking excited to see go. them. Yeah, oh God, I should wear my man suit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it would be perfect. All right. So, anyways, um, we are trying to record our episodes in advance so that I can just get them edited and scheduled. A little insight to our lives. And um we sat down to do the first one, which was the Missy Elliott episode that came out last week, and that shit was long. And God, we don't have that much time. So, <laughs> I, we, me and Jake were watching Drunk History the other day, and they were doing a music drunk history. And one of the stories that somebody told was about how Johnny Cash ended up singing one of Chris Kristofferson's songs on TV. And it was a super interesting story. So, I found an article. It's it's gonna be good. Okay. I don't know how long it'll be. Links in the thing. Did you pull it up?
1: No, that's what. Oh, there it is.
0: So I figure that's what we will do today, and uh, we also, you know, maybe maybe we'll record it at Patreon tonight as well. Okay. I had a very interesting one. I keep thinking about it and then I keep forgetting about it. So I wrote it down this time, and I thought it'd be really great if we did a long Patreon episode on the Metallica versus Napster. Yeah thing especially you and i because we fucking love metallica but because of that i found an article with some dissent from somebody who was like no and they're not in support of metallica necessarily so i figured it would be good to get an outside perspective because cassie's not here
1: yeah um no that that sounds interesting i I mean i yeah i i would like to see different sides to the story
0: yes and different arguments so that's what i gathered and that will be our second patreon episode for this month for september well do you want to
1: shall i shall i tell them who we are
0: yeah all right
1: you guys are listening to death by music podcast i am jake and this is alex and Mm. uh once again as of this recording uh baby steve has not moved out yeah and so cassie is not here (laughs) Uh, but by the time it's actually released and you're listening to it on your streaming service, he, he may have been evicted. So I, I we don't know hope, right now.
0: I honestly would hope because, like I said, we're recording this on September 14th and it is her due date. And this episode is not coming out for another week and a half. So I would hope that by now she's been induced. <laughs> I don't know. Write us an email and let us know. <laughs> Even though we'll know before. Anyways. Um, uh, all right. So <laughs> this article, I'm going to read it because i read fast
1: good good good
0: it's from wideopencountry.com by matt alpert and it is called the great story behind sunday morning coming down which is a song title all right so on october 10th 1970 johnny cash took the chris Christofferson penned song sunday morning coming down to number one on the billboard hot country singles charts uh, Cash's recording of the song forever solidified it as one of the great entries in the American songbook. The tale of how it caught Cash's attention is also one of country music's greatest stories. We're going to rewind the play 5 minutes to 1969. The now legendary songwriter Chris Christopherson was sweeping the floors at Columbia Records offices in Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> It's like you've Sorry. never heard me burp before. Not like that. I can't ever cut the burps out if you always address them.
1: God. That was... That was kind of a funny one. eh? (laughs) Sorry. Back to the story. All right.
0: Anyone who knew Christopherson's background might have scoffed at his new role. He was an Oxford graduate, a Rhodes scholar, a former captain in the army, and a helicopter pilot. Despite his impressive resume, Christopherson wanted nothing more than to be a songwriter, and he did anything to make that happen. His janitor gig at Columbia was one step closer to achieving that goal. Yeah, I mean, you just got to get your foot in the door. Most cases, it doesn't matter what it is, but you got to know the right people, and that's how you get to know the right people, is mm-hmm. to do whatever you Th- got to Those do. stories
1: are always interesting to me. Like, I, I, I don't think he got it too much further than the janitor gig, if I recall correctly, but it, it is interesting. To hear the stories of people that start out in companies as the janitor, you know, that's that's such a huge transition. It's, just, it's, it's fascinating. Yeah. It's interesting.
0: Uh, he watched Bob Dylan record Blonde on Blonde, but never mustered the courage to say hello. Oh, man. I would I'd be like, hello, do you need me to take that tissue? Do you mind <laughs> signing it? I sell it, it on
1: eBay? Just kidding.
0: Yeah. Uh, he did, however, meet another one of his idols, Johnny Cash. Christopherson would watch cash in the hallways and through the glass windows when he was recording what a creeper they met a few times in passing but cash only knew him as the man pushing the broom at this point Christopherson was already a prolific songwriter he was desperate to give cash tapes of his songs but knew that he'd get fired if his employers caught him so he tried a different angle yeah I mean they they don't want you to bother it's not it's never a good move if you're being a fanboy
1: uh, all right, that I understand, but did they know that he th- did the company know that he was a songwriter? it says here he's uh, already a prolific songwriter
0: everybody's a songwriter. oh
1: you know, it's just like everybody's a script, everybody's got a script for Hollywood. yeah
0: I mean it's really like I think I've told you guys before um if you guys are new here, the reason this podcast even exists is because me and Cassie met working at a radio station, so um, from being in radio for so many years, you know, uh, if people, if anybody's a musician and they find out you work in radio, they're like, oh my God, will you listen to my CD? And it's like, that's oh, not yeah. how this works. Yeah, yeah. And I can't make you famous. Like, we literally only play people who are already famous.
1: It's it's not like it was back in the 60s and 70s. Yeah, it do just that.
0: doesn't work like that. And, and especially if... <laughs> If we were going to bring an artist up to the radio station for an interview or whatever, we all have to treat them. It's our job to treat them like they are a normal person. You don't want to make them uncomfortable. And, you know, they want to feel comfortable around people. So people in the industry need to get a hold of themselves and not be starstruck. Uh, right. Because it's always fucking weird if you are somebody, there's like a power dynamic thing. It's, it's super weird when you're around people who are fans versus professionals in your industry. So it is my job to always be normal as possible around artists.
1: So I would imagine the same thing is true with uh, people that work at concert venues.
0: Yes. You want Same exact you don't want to you don't want to run up to them and ask for their autograph. Yeah. You don't want to ask for their photo. And so that kind of sucks because you are a fan and you wanna do those things. Right. But you need to create a space where the artist feels comfortable. So you can't do it. Now you get to have a lot of really cool memories. Yeah, but, a, lot
1: of, a lot of cool memories, probably a lot of cool stories, too.
0: Yeah, cool experiences, because when they feel comfortable around you, they're more likely to let their guard down, maybe have a real conversation with you. But yeah. like Johnny Cash isn't going to have a real conversation with somebody who's being like a super fan. They're going to be like, OK, well, this is weird because I'm just a normal person. Gotcha. It, it's and even my low, low, low fucking level of people. Some people know who I am. Mm hmm. Even I get some, so I can't imagine how like an actual famous person would feel because like I have people who just like listen to the radio, um, that get weird. They get fucking weird around me, and I'm like, I am not important. <laughs> I am. I mean, a you're, normal, you're you're like
1: a pseudo local uh, celebrity, but kinda. I'm
0: a normal fucking person. Yeah. And no,
1: that makes sense. I I, I get what you're. I, I get what you're putting down.
0: Yeah. So, you know, we have like promotion stuff. And when I was in promotions, that's like the lowest level of working at a radio station. You go right. work at the concerts, you set up the tent and table, you interact with listeners. Um, you're an hourly part-time employee. And those people usually start working at the radio station because they want to meet artists. They want to go to concerts, but they don't know how to act necessarily. So you have to be really careful what promotions people you have around because you don't want them to make the artist uncomfortable. If you were the lowest person on the totem pole at a record label, you're the janitor and you are bothering the artists like you are supposed to be a fly on the wall. You are Mm -hmm. in the background. You are seen and hopefully not heard and hopefully not even fucking seen. You just clean up. You don't fucking talk to anybody. You are nothing. Yeah. And if you're going up to Johnny Cash and being like, hey, man, I wrote this song. Listen to my shit. And then the producer is going to be like, bro, shut the fuck up and get out of here. Don't bother him with this. He's trying to put together a record.
1: He's working. Yeah. Wrong
0: place. Wrong time. Wrong fucking person. So indeed
1: that, that that all makes sense.
0: Yeah. So he definitely would get fired if he was caught passing a tape to to Johnny Cash. But anyway, so what he did was he befriended Johnny's wife, June Carter, June liked Christofferson, which makes sense because she's probably sitting around.
1: Yeah, she's probably hanging out at the studio. Lower stakes
0: person to interact with. She's probably interacting with him because they're all just hanging in the fucking... It takes forever to record stuff. Yeah. So June liked Christofferson, and he would often sneak demo tapes of his songs into her purse. Oh, that's ballsy. To bring home to Johnny. At night, she'd play the tapes for him in their bedroom above Old Hickory Lake in Tennessee every night cash would listen and chuck them out the bedroom window into the lake below oh,
1: wow they, yeah. what a polluter those well poor, those poor turtles
0: yeah <laughs> I like uh, at the time christopherson was living on a shoestring budget in a rundown nashville apartment his parents were furious that he had chosen this path and eventually they disowned him never to repair their ties
1: wow yeah I mean, they're damn, definitely cares? old school
0: yeah, Very for sure. He's just not doing the career that they want him to do. It's yeah, not like he's even it, like murdered somebody. People it, have murdered people and their parents still are like up their ass.
1: They were probably looking for something stable like, uh, uh, well, something normal. Song Songwriting isn't necessarily a stable career. But for it's most something people, it's if,
0: not a viable career option.
1: Right. There you go. For yeah. most people, there are the few that... that Make themselves able to to stand out, and they 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 work their yeah. way up the ranks that way. That's it's like it's, less it than one percent. It's, it's kind of rare. Yeah, but yeah. It's, it's it's one of those type of careers.
0: Yeah. So uh, you can imagine how lonely he must have felt at this point. He would walk the streets of Nashville, young and broke, pondering life and observing the world around him. What was he doing with his life? I want a rack. Uh, and mm-hmm. this is the point of the show where I tell you guys all to watch Twisted Sister's music video. We're not gonna take it. Oh my god! Why would Jake. that be? Because that's what I just fucking quoted. There's the dad. So like the kids upstairs playing Twisted Sister in his room, and the uh-huh. dad's downstairs at the at the kitchen table with the mom, like eating dinner. And then he hears music, and he's like, "What is that noise? Is that?" music and then he runs upstairs and he's like twisted sister what are you gonna do with your life and then the kid's like i want to rock and he like strums his guitar and his dad flies out the window and like falls down two stories
1: i i can tell you i've maybe seen that video a handful of times uh, because of, of i was not allowed to watch that Stuff I wasn't allowed to watch MTV. Most like like ninety nine percent of M- MTV I was not allowed to watch. If we had it back then, I wasn't up.
0: around when it happened. But my metal friends, this is like a staple music video for us when we are getting drunk. Uh, okay. We always put on Twisted Sister. Yeah, their I, music videos are fucking great. <laughs> anyways, <laughs> <D>. <laughs> yeah. is so,
1: pretty smart too. Yeah,
0: genius. Always been sober too. His entire career, seventies and eighties in rock he was always hmm. sober yeah he got he, drunk like once when he was four or actually more than once but he was very very young so he's like 14 and he was fucked up and he threw up all over himself and he was laying on the ground and everybody was laughing at him and he was like i never want to feel that humiliated again and so he never touched anything he hey. doesn't smoke he doesn't drink i think pretty sure he's a vegetarian like he's just fucking
1: that'll that you know
0: All throughout the 70s and 80s. That's crazy. Yeah.
1: That's interesting.
0: Anyways. uh, Maybe we should do a fucking mini episode of that. Uh, All right. (laughs) Uh, So his parents were like, how the fuck? Oh, he was thinking, how did he fit into this place he was trying so desperately to be a part of? Those questions and experiences became the seeds of Sunday Morning Coming Down. He knew he had many great songs. Uh, with Sunday morning being one of them. Persistence on the part of both Christofferson and June and a little bit of bravado proved to be the key to getting Cash to hear them. Christofferson continued to give June his demo tapes. One night, June played a mixtape of his songs while they sat in their bedroom like many nights before. The lights were being turned out, and I was just listening to all the songs of the night in my mind, and June kept the tape recorder running, Cash wrote. When the last song was over, we went to bed. Sunday Morning Coming Down is a good song, I said. For all Christofferson knew, Cash was never going to listen to it, so he resorted to a more drastic delivery method. At the time, Christofferson was also working part time as a helicopter pilot for the Army Reserve. On a routine flight training mission, Christofferson veered off his course and headed for Cash's home on Old Hickory Lake. Hmm. After landing the chopper on Cash's lawn, he walked up to the home with the demo of Sunday Morning Coming Down in hand. <laughs> what happened next varies depending on who you ask cash said he heard the chopper land and walked out to find Christofferson walking up to him as i approach out stepped chris christopherson with a beer in one hand and a tape in the other cash said i stopped dumbfounded he grabbed my hand put the tape in it grinned and got back into the helicopter and was gone i'm sorry was this an army training thing and he had a beer. Was it open?
1: Hey, uh, you know, maybe there weren't uh, no, no drinking and flying laws back maybe then. Maybe there
0: weren't no drinking and flying laws, is what you <laughs> sound like trying to say. Yeah,
1: that that's, that is such a power move on his part. <laughs> what
0: the fuck? Uh, okay, so <laughs> Johnny Cash said he was a bit wobbly, but almost straight up. Then out <laughs> high above the lake where all his songs lay on the bottom, aw, he disappeared through the clouds. I looked at the tape of Sunday Morning Coming Down and Me and Bobby McGee. That fucking song Janis Joplin recorded. I believe that was her last recording. But Mm. maybe I'm wrong. Anyways, it's a great song. It's one of her only handful of hits Christofferson had a different version of the story he said you know john had a very creative imagination i've never flown with a beer in my life believe me you need two hands to fly those things <laughs> christopherson also said he doesn't even think cash was home that day adding he was lucky johnny didn't shoot him on the spot whatever actually happened the stunt was enough to get cash's attention the following thursday cash taped his weekly television program here's a song written by chris Kristofferson. Johnny told a national television audience. Don't forget that name. It's easy cuz it's basically one fucking name. <laughs> Soon after, the man in black invited Christofferson to perform with him on stage at the Newport Newport Folk Festival later that year. As you know, Christofferson went home, went on to become one of the world's greatest songwriters. He and Cash became close friends, even performing together for years in the supergroup The Highwaymen. Um so there's a part of the story that's missing
1: from the what they had in the TV show. Yes, it seems like Cash really embellished that story and just made him look like a total badass.
0: I do believe that that's probably what happened. I mean he <laughs> flew the he flew the helicopter. He still did that, but we yeah. don't know if he yeah did that the beer that or part not.
1: seems to be true. But yeah, it, it sounds like Cash def- definitely made a uh, a tall tale there, but a good one. It was enjoyable. That was fun to listen to.
0: Yeah, so um, the whole thing about this that they mentioned in the Drunk History episode that was not in that article was that... Johnny Cash was going to sing it on TV. The song's about a hangover. Cash was singing about coming down on a Sunday morning after being stoned on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. And they didn't want him to say the word stoned because it was a drug reference so that he wasn't allowed to say that on TV. So they tried to change the words. And he was like, yeah, sure. I'll totally sing it that way. And Chris Kristofferson was like, man, fuck. I wrote this song and I want it to be what I wrote because that's the whole that's the whole like part of the story it's yeah. very important shit this sucks and then uh johnny cash was like yeah 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 i'll do the censored version and then he went up on stage and he still fucking said stoned on a saturday night and hooray he did it and then you know whoever yeah, got trouble awesome. but chris christopherson's song maintained its integrity and Hell yeah yeah Uh, Yeah, so that's Chris Christopherson and Johnny Cash, Sunday morning coming down, go listen to the song, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go.
1: I, I am also going to go. Yeah. Into the next room.
0: Um, when are you, we still have to record another.
1: I will go into the next room later.
0: Okay, great. (laughs) All right, so, uh, since we're leaving, you guys should probably also... You guys should probably also go.
1: Yeah, we're. we're, we're I, I'm tired of talking to you guys, so
0: We will here. chat again in about another week. Find us on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash death by podcast team, I think. I don't know.
1: Some, something along the lines. <laughs> go this to our lines. website,
0: which I think <laughs> also is death by podcast team.com. Don't, don't quote me on it, though. Rest in peace. Later.